I visited home for the first time in quite a while last week. It was more than I was expecting it to be. I thought I was taking a weekend trip to see my parents and spend a little time with my feline childhood companion I still can't quite believe is still alive, but as it turned out, I'd forgotten about something. I meant to surprise my parents. I'd done it before, and they were so joyous to see me, I figured it wouldn't be a bad idea to do the unexpected drop-in again. In fact, they told me they'd keep the guest room clean and free always for whenever I decide to drop by. But as I pulled up to the curb in my van, they were getting into their car in the driveway. My dad saw me first. He looked concerned, which took me off guard. I was expecting a beaming smile and a jolly laugh, but instead, he looked somewhat horrified as he walked over to my vehicle. You've come home, he said, like he was trying to sound delighted but was having a horrible time keeping it together. Yeah, I thought I'd pop in for the weekend and say hello. I took a week off from work, gotta get those vacation days in, you know. My eyes drifted past my father, to the car where my mom still sat. She wasn't even turning around to look at me, but she must have seen me. So where are y'all headed? My dad took a deep breath, looked back towards my mother, frozen in the car, and turned back to me, saying, It's the anniversary. The anniversary? I asked. I giggled a little, which I would regret within an instant after I asked, What, your wedding anniversary? No, no, he whispered. Jackie. Jackie? Jackie who? I came back pretty quickly. Jesus Christ, son, you're away ten years and you forget Jackie? What's the matter with you? He stared at me with big, stern, bloodshot eyes as I sat frozen, staring back. After a few moments, his grimace softened, and he leaned in and whispered again. Your cousin, son. Your cousin Jackie? My cousin Jackie, I repeated, searching through my brain. And then it hit me. My cousin Jackie. He was my absolute closest friend when I was a kid. We hung out together all the time, which was easy since our parents got along so well. He was my mom's sister's kid, who was about a year younger than me. The summer I turned 11 was spent with him almost every day, out playing in the parks, riding our bikes, I guess a lot of cliche kid stuff. But my god, I, I hadn't thought about Jackie in years. I didn't even think about him when I thought about my aunt. How could I? Oh my god, dad, yes, cousin Jackie, it's... 
It's that time of the year, eh? I asked as the remembrance flooded back to me in waves. I kept losing eye contact with my dad as the memories punched me in the face. I felt my bottom lip begin to quiver, and I bit it tight. I, uh, uh, I'll follow you there, I said, as I put the van back in drive. My father nodded solemnly and sauntered back to the car. They pulled out, and I followed just behind. It's a small town, and the roads are never all that busy, so I allowed my mind to wonder as we drove to my aunt's place. Cousin Jackie. Cousin Jackie. Just after that childhood summer, right before I was about to turn 12 in October, Jackie's birthday rolled around in late September. I don't remember his birthday party well, but I remember the gift my uncle gave him. My other uncle, not his dad, but uh, another one of my mom's siblings. Uncle D gave Jackie this clown doll. Or more like an action figure, since it was pretty rock solid. It was about 12 inches in length and looked quite old. It had that cheap style where pretty much the whole body was painted a singular color. In this case, a deep red. The clown's face was bright white, and his afro-style hair was bright blue. I remember right on the doll's ass there was an inscription that read, Cackle the Clown Feeds Every Frown. I can't believe I remembered that, but uh, I can see it in my mind's eye as clear as day. After that, the doll was always around. At first, it wasn't that big of a deal, just normal kid play type stuff. But pretty soon he started exhibiting behavior that seemed pretty weird, even to childhood me. Like, for example, he couldn't use the bathroom without it. He would straight refuse without cackle in his right hand. One day at school, some of the more idiotic kids thought it'd be funny to tease him about it and ended up holding the toy hostage. They refused to give it back until after he took a piss. Needless to say, there was a bit of an accident, if you catch my drift. Some of the kids laughed, but a lot of them were simply shocked, and the ringleader tossed the clown to the ground without saying a word. He also started talking to it, especially late at night. If we'd been hanging out all day, like if he was staying the night at our house or something, he wouldn't be too weird for most of the day, aside from the aforementioned inseparability problem. But shortly after dinner time, the whispers would begin. We'd be playing a video game or watching TV, and I'd think he's saying something to me in a whisper, so I'd look over and he'd have the doll's head right up against his mouth, saying something. Whenever I'd confront him about it, 
he'd just laugh and say, None of your beeswax. I guess it was none of my beeswax, but it was normal for me to wonder. That went on for a while. And then things got kicked up another notch around January the next year. He still wouldn't let the doll leave his side, mind you. Then one day when he was over at our house, he came out of the bathroom, chewing on something. This was, obviously, odd. I asked him what he was chewing, and he responded with a smirk and a cackle. Nothing more. So I kept bugging him about it. Eventually, he told me that Cackle the Clown gave him a treat. I knew he was BSing me, but he really had eaten something. Later on in the night, after my constant questioning, I wore him down enough to get a little more detail. He gave me a chocolate, Jackie said, as he bounced the clown up and down on his lap like he was on a trampoline. Jackie should have never told me that. Even as a kid, well, especially as a kid, I was addicted to chocolate. I didn't know how a cheap and dirty clown doll could produce candy, but I did know that I wanted some. So I kept on harping. Come on, get Cackle to give me a chocolate. Come on, please. I'll give you one of my Pokemon cards. Eventually, he shouted, Fine, and walked into the bathroom with Cackle. When he came back, he stuck out his hand in a tight fist. Here, take it, he whispered, nervously eyeing the door, clearly worried one of our parents would walk in. My eyes were beaming, I was so excited. My mom had been on a health kick lately, and I hadn't had candy in quite a few weeks at that point, which was a long time for me then. But when he dropped it into my cradled palms, I was a little disappointed, or shocked, or maybe just confused would be the better word. It was as dark as a coffee bean, and about the same size, too. And it was hard. Slightly irregular in shape, but reminiscent of an oval. But when I brought it to my nose to give it a sniff, I dropped it in reflexive reaction. Hey, watch it, Jackie said, and dove to the floor to recover my dropped piece of what was supposedly candy. That thing did not smell like chocolate. Not like any chocolate I'd ever had. And no, it didn't smell like what you're probably thinking it smelled like either. Uh, it was this deeply acrid scent that I had no frame of reference for then. But as an adult, I can say it was something like a mix of acrylic paint and bleach, with a slight spiciness to it. J 
Jackie brought it up to his nose and then looked at me with a what, what's wrong with it kind of expression on his face. That doesn't smell horrible to you? I asked him, holding my nose. He just shook his head side to side, looked at it again, and then asked, So you don't want it? Now it was my turn to shake my head. In response, he just shrugged and popped the thing straight into his mouth, bouncing the clown merrily about his lap as he hummed and chewed it up. Swallowing the thing, I felt my gag reflex act up a little. I kind of wanted to tell my parents about it, because it freaked me out so bad, but I didn't want to get him in trouble, or me in trouble for scheming to get some sweets. I decided to just let it be. I didn't understand how serious this all was. Unfortunately, that was the last time I would ever see Jackie, dead or alive. The memories of what came after is somewhat a blur, but the gist of it is clear enough. We got a call about a week later in the middle of the night. My mom answered the phone and I could hear a woman screaming on the other end. My mom was trying to calm her down and then said something and hung up. Next I knew we were all packed in the car and headed to the hospital. My dad was still in his boxers. Then we were somewhere in the maze-like halls of this hospital my mom holding my aunt's hands as she cried uncontrollably. I was scared. Very scared. I didn't understand what was happening, and despite my chronic questioning, no one wanted to tell me. But then someone said something about a funeral. What? What funeral? I asked in agitation. My mom peered over to me and with the expression of disapproval I could read across her face, I just sat back down and went back to my Game Boy. We never did enter a hospital room. I never saw Jackie lying in one of those beds. I never saw a doctor with a clipboard in hand talking to my aunt. I just saw her in the throes of a complete breakdown, and then after a while, we all plopped back into my parents' car, my aunt included. She stayed with us for about a week afterwards, until the funeral. The morning after the hospital visit, my mom took me into my parents' bedroom, shut the door, and told me something terrible had happened. She told me that Jackie had passed away, that he was gone. I, I struggled to comprehend this. How could he have died? He's a young kid like me, I thought. It shouldn't have been possible. But I knew there was no way my parents would lie about such a serious thing. And there's definitely no way or reason 
my aunt would play it up like that if it wasn't true. But asking my mom what happened, she just pursed her lips and shook her head from side to side. She refused to answer. Unfortunately, it wouldn't be long before I found out all the detail I could ever want, and much, much more. I woke up feeling quite sick in the middle of the night a couple of days later, my aunt still staying at our house. I got up and wandered to the bathroom. My head was pounding, and I felt like I was going to throw up, so I left the bathroom light off and just relied on the nightlight we had plugged in there. As I sat on the pot, the knowledge of what had happened flowed through my ill mind, making me feel all the more sick. At some point, I think I fell asleep just sitting there on the toilet, until a noise from outside the door got my attention. It was my dad's voice, and then my mom's. They were talking fairly quietly, but in the silent darkness of night, I could hear them quite clearly, even from under the bathroom door. I held my breath, and through my headache, I listened as close as I could. I still don't understand. Are the police involved? My dad asked in a loud whisper. I don't know. I, I don't know. My mom came back. Jesus Christ. And how much of that stuff was there? I heard a sharp inhale and then my mom's voice. It was a lot. It was a lot. I could hear my mom's agitation grow. There was a long pause, and then my mom continued speaking. My sister, uh, she told me earlier today what it was like. How she found him, I mean. Apparently, he had been gone a long while, and so she started knocking on the bathroom door. No reply. Asked him if he was feeling okay. Nothing. Eventually, she decided to open the door and... My God, Cher. I don't know how to even picture this, but she said there was just this mass of black gunk atop the toilet seat. Just this pile of black tar with little bits of hair and what looked like the hint of a finger sticking out. And that doll was on the floor just beside, oozing out this black sludge. When she saw the eyeball float up to the surface of the black mass, she began screaming and called the police, and then us. What the... What does that even mean? How does it... How does a kid turn to sludge? How is that even possible? 
I don't know, Jeremy. I don't know. She said, definitively angry now. I heard some scuffling, and then suddenly the door to the bathroom was opened, and I was face to face with my father. His face was as white as snow and eyes red like he'd been crying. We just sat there in silence, looking at each other. And then after a few moments, he looked to the ground and walked back out, closing the door behind him. The, uh, the funeral was a closed casket, obviously. I think I heard that the police took the doll, but I hadn't heard any updates since. Not until today, the forgotten day of the anniversary of this horrible tragedy. When I pulled up behind my parents into my aunt's driveway, she was already sat out on the porch on an old wooden rocking chair. She was wearing all black with a rose on her chest. It was like she was ready for a funeral. In a way, she was. I greeted her and gave her a hug and we all moseyed inside. We were the only ones there. Her, my parents, and I. Things were very silent. A tray of peanuts sat atop one of the couch cushions. When we ended up leaving a few hours later, all of us having hardly said a word, I pulled my mom to the side in the driveway and asked her if there had been any updates since I was a kid, if there were any more details since this all happened. I didn't want to ask in front of my aunt. I, I didn't want to disturb her. My mom looked up to the sky and then to me and said, Not really. The police investigated and couldn't find the source of the doll. No copyright engraving, and no leads on where the thing could have been manufactured. Of course your uncle was interviewed by the cops, but he just told them that he picked it up at an old thrift store. They thought he was telling the truth. Your uncle moved to Alaska a couple years later, and none of us have heard from him since, though. But, um, I guess the only update would be that the cops did a laboratory test on the black gunk that was coming off of that horrible doll, and it came back a mixture of a bunch of crap, a slew of poisons, acids, and household cleaning agents all coagulated together. Oh, and uh, they also found some traces of vanilla extract. The only non-lethal thing in the mix. They think it must have sprayed all over Jackie when he was using the restroom, but some think it got inside of him. It's still hard to explain the extreme state of decay he was in when his mother found him. No one knows how he disintegrated 
so fast. God only knows what sick freak would create such an ungodly monstrosity. I nodded, and we drove back to my parents' house and our separate vehicles. I went inside for a while, but after seeing the vibes weren't about to change, I felt it smart to head on out and call the trip an afternoon visit. I headed home around 8pm, a six hour drive, and the whole way home I could picture nothing but my mental image of that horrible scene. God bless you, Jackie. I miss you. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Clancy Pasta. Tonight's story was written and narrated by yours truly. Let me know what you thought in the comments down below, and uh, if you can give the video a like, subscribe so you can see the next episodes when they get published, I would really appreciate it. And if you want to click that bell, you know, everybody's always asking their subscribers to click the bell, uh, that would be appreciated as well. Huge thanks to all of my supporters on Patreon and YouTube members. And uh, if you would like access to ad-free narrations and uh, much more, you can go over to patreon.com slash clancypasta. I really appreciate it. Okay. Without further ado, thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a great night. Sweet dreams. Cheers. <laughs>